0: Father, we thank you once again for your word and again, oh God, we ask that our spirits would be open to the truth of heaven, not to any teaching of any man. In fact, as it says, that we would receive the word of God as it is in truth, not the word of a man, but the word of God. In Jesus' name, grant us your wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, this is the hour number six on which side of Calvary. So we're just finished this part. I'm going to read Romans 5, 15 and 16 again and then read verse 17. Then we're going to go to another passage here in just a moment. Uh, let me just start, though, like I said, because you're all in the, just in the middle. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. I mean, you need to read these two verses about 5,000 times. I'm telling you, seriously, you need to read them out loud to yourself a couple of thousand times until you hear it. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. Again, these are on the outline in the Amplified Bible. For if many died through one man's falling away, for if many died through one man's falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes to the undeserved favor of of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence that followed the trespass of the one man, Adam, brought condemnation. But see, just like that happened, like he said, what Jesus has done, the same things happened, but again in reverse. He said... For, for the sentence following the trespass of one man, Adam, brought condemnation, whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification, an act of righteousness. Now, again, remember that it's been saying for chapters before that you are righteous, you've been declared righteous. You remember last hour when I said this bit about, remember that everybody after Adam, death had entered into their spirit And they could complain and gripe and say, but I didn't sin. I wasn't with Adam in the Garden of Eden. I'm not the one that did that original sin. It's not my fault. And, you know, the devil would have said, well, sorry, but death is in you, even though you didn't transgress the command. Listen, even though you didn't transgress that original command, the penalty of his transgression is at work in your spirit, and everybody's spirit. It's there. Now, can you all understand that? But don't you see now what's happened? He's using this as a parable to see today. The very same thing happens in reverse. You begin to say, I'm in right standing with God. And Satan now comes and says, but you're not in right standing with God. Because look what you do. Look how you still sin. You still make mistakes. But now you're supposed to say, well, you know, You're going to have to take it up with God because I have the righteousness in me of the one man, Jesus Christ. And they say, but that's not fair. You didn't live perfectly. And you have to say, that's right. I didn't live perfectly. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. He did. (laughs) He lived perfectly. He was tempted in all ways, yet he was without sin. And I've received him by faith. And his righteousness has been deposited to my account. And Satan goes, that's not fair. That's not fair. And you go, yeah, I know it's not fair. So tough. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by virtue of my faith in him. So you have to take it up with him. Don't talk to me about it. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't my fault that I'm righteous. It's his fault. <laughs> oh, well, hallelujah. If you can catch that, it's powerful because you can say the same thing in reverse. Now, verse 17, what's the effect of this? He said, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned, you know, like a king reigns. If, by, if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive. And see, this is what I'm desperately hoping that happens to some of you, at least, that you're going to receive the revelation of grace. He said, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness that puts them into right standing with Himself, much more will they reign as kings in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now that, my friends, is the goal for every one of us. That's the promise of God. That's the promise of God that if you begin to receive the revelation of this grace and the free gift of righteousness, you'll begin to reign in life as a king. In other words, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, where the word of a king is, there's power. Kings declare things, don't they? And it's done. Kings declare things and all kinds of servants rally around to see that it's carried out. We are kings that Jesus is king of. But you'll never begin to reign as a king until you receive the revelation of this grace. And I have an understanding of what it means to be in right standing with God right now. Instead of like we say in the West and America, instead of getting reigned on all your life from rain, you'll begin to reign as a king in life. Now, there haven't been very many people reigning as kings, have there? Have there? But there has been a few. John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, all kinds of these people. This is what I mean. You see, don't tell me it doesn't happen because remember this is the issue. There may not have been many that reigned in life, but there were a few. And you see, if there's been one, there can be another, and another, and another, and another, and another. But they got serious. They took a hold of this stuff and they, they, they took a hold of this Bible like a hungry tiger with a piece of red meat. And I mean, this is I always make a joke of this, but if you ever, like we have a little dog. Have you ever seen a little dog that, you know, you give it a piece of meat and you go up and then, you know, when this dog's chewing on the meat and you know how a dog's laying down and and when you go to, if you go to put your hand down, you know what that dog will do? The dog will go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> don't look at me funny, but you know. Uh, and, uh, and you know what I mean? I mean, you do not get near him when he's eating. That's how you got to be. You see, once you get this stuff in your mouth and the devil comes and tries to take it out of your mouth, you need to go. Uh, you're not taking this out of my mouth. I'm keeping this in my heart, in my mouth. It's It tastes too good to me. I don't want you, don't mess with me when I'm eating this stuff. <laughs> You got it. Whatever works for you is an illustration, but you got to see it. You got to see it. You got to take a hold of it. Wigglesworth, like I I made a joke about the newspaper that Sophie brought in, but it's true. When my my, one of my teachers, Dr. Lester Summerall, the guy that worked with with uh, with uh, Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth for the last several years of his life, and again, like I shared that on Saturday, but he showed up at the door one day at Wigglesworth's place in Bradford after when he was older, when he moved to to Wales for a bit. And he walked up the door and Wigglesworth opened the door and, and, and he had a, Dr. Sumrall said he had this newspaper wrapped up in his arm like this and Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth looked at him and said, Sumrall, what's that under your arm? And he said, well, Brother, Grandpa, he said, everybody call him grandfather. He said, grandfather, he said, it's a newspaper. And he said, you're not bringing that into my house. He said, I'll have no lies in my house. Wow. We only have the word of God. We only have the truth in this house. Wow. Even when he had flowers that died, he wouldn't allow any flowers that would be in his house dead because he said, there'll be no death in this house. There's only life in this house. <laughs> Now, you see, everybody says, that's extreme. But you see, we all celebrate the power of God and we love to tell the stories, don't we, about the power of God that was in his life, the consistency of the miraculous and the healings and the way God used him. Well, like I said, there was one Smith Wigglesworth. That means there can be another because God's no respective persons. John G. Lake, I mean, we could start telling stories about all these great men of God, great women of God, Amy Simple McPherson, Maria Woodworth-Edder, incredible things that happened in their lives. There's been only a few because only a few had the courage and the tenacity and the backbone to not be moved by what everybody else said, to not back off and be worried when everybody in in the major church circles rejected them. They were all rejected by the normal church people, but they weren't rejected by God. They weren't rejected by heaven. Heaven began to flow through them because they began to reign in life because they accepted and received the grace of God and they didn't live in it in vain and they accepted the fact of God's word that said, I have right standing with God. I have freedom of access to come before the very throne of God. How dare me think that if I have access to God by the blood of Christ, that once I'm there with him, he wouldn't want to answer my prayers. Oh, hallelujah. Well, even if you don't get shook up, I'm getting shook up. So that's all right.